0: Yeah, I'm not going to say, guys, we have to start the show talking about my fantasy team and just how disappointing it was, but, you know, we could. I'm just saying we could, because most of the time, my understanding um, is that people love, two things people love, hearing about your poker game
1: and And your your fantasy team.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, look, I've got some amazing bad beat stories. I mean, if if people want (laughs) to hear about some shit that's (laughs) happened to me on the river, Pull up. We could seat. do that.
0: Maybe, maybe we'll do that tonight. It's the late night happy hour. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky joined tonight by uh CBSLA's Chris Harey uh covers the Chargers, among other things, gets to sit next to and 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 talk to Jim Hill. Um just getting oh, you know, of that. I mean, that yeah. is worth the the price of of admission. Chris, how best. are you? Good to see you.
2: I'm good. That yeah, that's the dream, man. Where where you're you're interacting with Jim Hill on a, on a daily, weekly basis. That's that says it all. I'm good, guys. Yep. I appreciate you having me.
1: When when you uh have your uh, weekly, bi-weekly, or uh, two times a week, three times, however often you interact <laughs> with Jim Hill and the conversations about to start, does he always get the first question to you? Like <laughs> does <laughs> yeah, he get? That? Of
2: course, of course. <laughs> I mean, come <laughs> on. Good. I mean, Absolutely. It, it's the way it should what, be. What's great is that I get to see Jim, you know, if we're if we're passing passing by uh doing hits actually the, the, the studio has been weird now because of just the, the whole pandemic. We were doing our hits at City Club, Los Angeles. Yeah. So I would I would see Jim there and uh it's just it's awesome because the, the Chargers are also broadcast partners with, with CBS LA. So not only do I get to interact with Jim at work at CBS, but you see him on the Zoom calls, and we, we've done some Chargers specials together with some of the free agents, man. So it's a, it's a blast. What, what is Jim Hill like on a Zoom? <laughs> like, I've never seen – Jim Dude. is not a
1: – and we love – I mean, we love Jim. Like, I, I'm not making fun of Jim. Brian he and like I, Jim Hill. <laughs> Brian and I – he's – I mean, for people who've never met him, and, I mean, he is – it's not an exaggeration to say Jim Hill is a local god in this city. You're not going to meet anybody nicer than him in our industry. I mean, everyone he wanted like to everyone. He is incredibly nice to everybody, but he, he does not strike me as
2: like a super techie guy. Well, let, <laughs> you me tell you, hey, let me tell you guys this though. So this same platform that we're on right now, Jim and I did a two 30, 30 to 45 minute specials. Uh, where we were in two different areas, and we're interviewing the rookie class, the Chargers rookie class. So one night we had Justin Herbert, uh, I forget, if, I think it was like Alohi Gilman, uh, Joshua Kelly, and then one night we had Kenneth Murray and a, a couple others guys. And and Jim and I are in different places, but we're we're just we're going back and forth. It was seamless. So, so listen, Jim has been able to adapt to this new world with no problems. <laughs>
0: I just feel work. bad because there's only so many places he can wear a suit right now. It's like, like the, the, <laughs> does nobody... he wear a
2: suit on the Zoom calls? Jim, you know what? Because he was working, he was doing double duty, of course. Um, so he he was rocking a suit because he was working uh, over a city club. So I'm I'm here in a probably something similar to this, but you know, Jim's always going to outdress you. You know, whether you yeah. see him at Staples Center or City Club or Studio or a game or press conference. Jim he always gets the first question he's always the best dressed I
0: always feel I also feel like Jim right now is probably the only person who is doing zoom calls even if he's wearing a suit on the top who's actually still wearing the suit on the bottom too like everybody <laughs> else is doing a zoom like with the suit and the tie and like a pair of shorts I don't think that's how Jim rolls
2: yeah you know for me it's been a lot of like the last six months it's been okay nice shirt gym shorts right i mean i feel like that's been the norm for everybody i'm still trying to get adjusted to like i haven't been in the Chargers office since march and it's it's still kind of strange to do this and, and i don't want to get into this mode where i feel like this is the norm but you know I don't know. You don't know. No one knows what what the next six months to a year is going to hold for the sports world. But, you know, we've been able to adapt on the, on the Chargers side. And it's things like this that I think are fun, right, where you get to, you know, pick guests, find guests, and, and just talk ball, whether it's football or the NBA. Uh, but it's still weird. It's still kind of hard for me to grasp that this is kind of our new normal.
0: You know, it's funny. Like, we, we started this in part just as, like, a thing to do during the pandemic because we you know, we did a lot of fill-in work for for seven ten, and it's like yeah. there's nothing to fill in for. Like nobody's traveling. Sedano's not going anywhere. Like you know, Mason and Ireland are traveling. Nobody's going anywhere. So it's, it's like we vacation. needed to do something, right? And so yeah, you can't go any. Even, even Mason couldn't even take a vacation. And so are sure. we were sitting there going like, are people going to want to just talk for an hour at ten o'clock? Like it's not like we're you know, Kimmel or something like that. And even he doesn't keep people for an hour. And it turned out people were so desperate to have someone to talk to during the pandemic that the answer was yes. Uh, the thing
2: is, that you can you can get, you know, I, I do our Chargers Weekly podcast and, you know, people are home. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's probably easier to track down guests. And as opposed to doing it, you know, last year when no one knew what, what Zoom was, <laughs> you know, you, you're doing these audio podcasts. Now you can kind of translate them into you know, these zoom interviews where they're kind of these dual purpose deals where you can use it as video content. And you can also have your, your 15, 20 minute audio interview, too. So it's been actually an interesting kind of experiment in like, right. how you create content, how you get guests, and, and how you can kind of use a, a podcast, for instance, like I'm sure you guys probably trans transfer this into a podcast, right? So yes. it's like yeah, you know yeah. I'm it's I mean? People can
0: listen, rate, yeah. review, and subscribe at the late night happy hour podcast on iTunes. Thank you. Yeah.
2: So uh, that's that's kind of what that's kind of what I've been able to do is is, you know, when we play for instance, like we had Rich Gannon on the podcast last week because he called the uh, the Dolphins Chargers game, and it's is you know I I I gave Rich a shout and I'm like, hey, can you come on Wednesday or Thursday? He's like, how about now? I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll be ready in 20 minutes, you know. So that's just kind of the world we're living in now, where if somebody's available, they'll let you know, and you knock it out.
1: I gotta be honest I, I with you. Like, oh, go ahead, Andy. I, I was gonna say I feel like we collectively, societally, have gotten past. Because unfortunately, we've been in this pandemic for so long and have had to adjust for so long. I think we've collectively gotten past the periods of Zoom, uh, like Zoom anxiety. Like, I know a lot of people who really started getting anxious at the notion of having to do Zoom calls and like it it would really stress them out. And now it's just, it's the new normal. I think what's going to start stressing people out eventually is being back in person with people and having to like sort of like reinvigorate our lives around actual human beings in those type of settings that feel like they matter.
2: I, I don't know what that's going to feel like. It's it, like, we're, we're getting used to this and, and that's where I, I say, like, I, it's like one of those things that I don't want to get used to. Cause I, I do like that, that interaction. I like seeing you guys at a Lakers game or, you know, it, it's, it's almost one of those things where instead of working five days a week in the office, Let's do like two, right? And then let's do the other three at home and, and get into your routine. And and I, I feel very productive at home, especially if you can accomplish a lot of the stuff that like we're doing here. But I don't want to get in the groove where we have like no human interaction, you know? Because I feel like the the pandemic. I I think back to like uh, I think it was like in March. It was one of the, the second to last Laker game that I think I covered against the Clippers. Yeah, it, just the massive amount of people that were outside the locker room, the massive amount of people that go inside the Lakers locker room, that's gone. Like that's done. I, I don't know yeah. what it's going to look like in the future, but uh, you know, I don't want it to change that much. If that makes any sense,
1: I I think the middle ground. Like I got to be honest, I could do without those scrums. Like I mean, it would be nice to have some type of interaction with players face to face, just because. If nothing else, even press conference questions like those type of settings are going to be better for the responses you're going to get if they actually can see who they're talking to. But like the the days of being cattle, you know, just around these guys' locker and just jammed all together while we're waiting for these guys to get dressed so they can, you know, answer these. It's well, first of all, like half these guys are answering these questions, you know, still running on adrenaline, and they often have to answer pretty inane questions that people are trying to set up for a soundbite. Like the whole thing is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's it doesn't,
0: yeah, it's not good for but like I don't I don't need to be like crammed in the back of a like you know 17 row scrum not asking LeBron a question. Like it's yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't it's a and plus it's just weird like I mean it's it's weird for everyone for you know the guy comes out of the shower and we're all just standing there and we wait and he's getting dressed and it's like you do it's like the it, it's just weird like he knows we're there we know he's there where like there's nothing about it that is even kind of uh, of organic and, and the, the not, so like, wants, yeah
2: there the could be some
0: yeah there could be some better ways to to do this where maybe guys get brought out or whatever it is. I gotta be honest with you though. I I have it, I I've been I get more opportunities to ask LeBron a question after a regular game in the current setup than I ever would in the locker room.
2: See you know, it's so. different it's different with the NFL like the NFL beat, I think it's more of a necessity for some of these guys to get into the locker room. And I don't mean on game day. I mean like a Wednesday, like, keep in mind, right. you, get, you have like, you have 53 guys and practice squad guys. So you got about 60, 70 guys throughout the course of a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that are in that locker room. You have open locker room for a certain period of time. And, you know, if you want to get a story kind of off the beaten path, you can go talk to the backup defensive tackle. You know, you could go talk to, uh, you know, a member of the secondary and it's, it's harder to do that when you only have a few guys a day that, Are all on the same call, you know? If you have a story or a storyline, everybody's hearing it, as opposed to you being able to go have a relationship with the guy in the locker room. So I think that that part of it, especially from an NFL perspective, is is a little more difficult because it's harder to be a storyteller when you're kind of confined to the this Zoom press conference.
0: Yeah, I I I want to get back to we'll get back to the Chargers here in a second because I I. I mean, I mean, uh, part of the problem is, I think, you know, maybe there aren't enough of us in L.A. I am completely fascinated by the Chargers. Um, but I just saw a tweet from Woj. Yes. That Milwaukee yes. is, in uh, fact, landing Bogdan Bogdanovich in a, a signing sign-in trade. trade from, Mil- uh, so, so he's going to go from Sacramento to Milwaukee. So, oh, what we can break this down in a minute. We don't know the details. Here's my question. This is tampering, right? Like, how do you put together a sign and trade
1: before I mean, free agency? This is—I mean, started, this happened. Right? This like, happened with. Oh, and by the way, the Bucks are trading uh, DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, Iosova, and presumably some draft picks or something. something. That's the deal. Like, uh, that's the deal. That's so. Terrible. I just, and I don't, <laughs> I don't mind, but like,
0: how is this happening?
1: Like, like right well, I mean, now, remember when, when Chris Paul got traded to the
0: Rockets? That was total tampering. It had to be because it happened yeah, like yes. 30 seconds after the, uh, Moratorium ended.
2: Yeah, I remember when Chris, when, when Chris Paul got traded to the Lakers, I was working for the Lakers in a completely different capacity. I'll never forget that day. I was sponsoring. playing shower forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, um, God. Yeah, you know, I, guys, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, like, this is free agency NBA draft. Like, we had the Masters on Sunday. Like, usually when it's like from from end of July to, you know, February. It's it's almost like head down strictly NFL, and then you pick your head up and you're like, all right, what else is going on in the world? And the, the entire world is backwards, right? The Lakers right. and Dodgers are winning championships in October. Uh, there's an NBA draft. There's there's massive amount of uh, trades, rumors, and scuttlebutt in the NBA here in the middle of November. It's just wild.
0: I just I think the 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 uh, the NFL benefits tremendously from having. Uh, a Sunday of a of a of a major tournament going on because it really it makes Red Zone incredible. Like yeah. like the amount of stuff that was going on on Red Zone because of that golf tournament was spectacular. You never so, see the
2: afternoon games outweigh the morning games. Like there were no more like everything about it was great. Games.
0: Yeah, was so good. more of that. Um, so like I the the arms race right now going on in the in the in in in, in the NBA is insane. We you know the the. The Pacific Division now has a, a viable, obviously Lakers team, Clippers team. The Warriors are going to be back this year. The Suns just picked up Chris Paul. The only garbagey-looking team is, I don't know, the Kings, I guess, who just traded. They're not terrible. Uh, no, I think they're they're pushing. No, towards but like for, they're they're for bad. they are worse bad teams in the Sacramento Kings. They're a pretty yeah. good bad team.
2: Yeah, you know what? It's okay. I see what you're
0: saying, but they're not going to win 12 games this year, they're not that bad. They're, they're they're a 29 or 33 win team or something like that,
2: give well, or guys, take, in an 82 you, game season. You guys tell me this because the Lakers, obviously, we saw the Schroeder news. I, I asked you before we started, like, what's going on with Kyle Kuzma? Like, yes. Is is that something that is he on the move? Is he is he sticking around? Like
0: well, you wrote you wrote the, the moving part, Andy. You wrote about this today for the athletics. So you break that part down. But then the, the more interesting news with Kuz is the is the social media angle of it.
1: Um well <laughs> yeah, I mean with with Kuzma, the social media thing, he apparently deactivated his own Twitter account. And it was after, um, saying that he was tired of people, uh, disrespecting him, I guess, online. And, you know, he said he was going to have people put respect on his name, paraphrasing a little bit. Then I just saw a report that he apparently deactivated his own account, which I got to be honest, it's for the best. Like this really, I think is the best for both Kyle Kuzma and the Lakers like, Kuz, and and Brian and I both like Kuz in the time we've been around him, and I do think he's a hard worker. I do think he cares about basketball. He is too online and sort of too of that world for his own good, and I I feel like it's just better off for him if he just simply puts the phone down and, and just gets away from it for a little while. Like, he's just rarely do good things happen for Kuz, when it involves something with social media like remember during the pandemic you know those those photos popped up of him and i don't know if they're still together but uh his his girlfriend winnie harlow as far as i know but they were they were at that uh record release party that the theme was everybody wearing hazmat suits which by definition means the theme was none of y'all should be here because it's a pandemic and like that's the type of thing that gets out with kuzma and you know, in the end, was it harmless? Sure, he didn't get COVID. He went to the bubble. He contributed to the championship, but it's for the best. I mean, especially with him going into a contract year, like it truly is for the best.
2: Kuz isn't on this Periscope. I, I would. Be I don't
1: believe so. Well,
0: I mean, well, we don't know. Of course, he's not on Twitter anymore, so he can't see the feed. To uh, to to, but well, I will I say, mean, let's be he honest,
1: has, he's got he a was, burner. He's got We've, a burner. Uh, <laughs> There's Reilly. no way Kuzma does not have a burner. I refuse to That's believe true. that he does not have a burner account on That's Twitter. He he is uh, monitoring had, the comings and goings on this site. Yeah. Oh, it, Did Andy go away?
0: I'm right here. I think it, now you're here, Chris, right?
2: I'm here. Am I not here? Okay, there
0: goes Andy. Now he's back. I, I um, didn't realize I left. Yeah, no. Kuzma definitely has a burner. Yeah, P. Uh, P Madera agrees with you. Um, we did have you know Anthony Irwin and uh, Harrison Fagan uh, on on Friday, and we were engaging in Kyle Kuzma uh, disrespect. so I mean th- I, I'd like to think that we were the people who got him uh, this angry and <laughs> also the people that that chased him off Twitter. In which case you're welcome Lakers I mean because this is it's better this way.
1: Um, I He's is a he weird guy.
2: Is he on the move?
1: No. 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 I mean, actually, this is one of the things I wrote about with The Athletic um, when, I, when I broke down the Dennis Schroeder trade with Danny Green and the 28 pick going to OKC. To me, that feels like Kuzma is definitely going to be on this team because for so long we had heard about Kuzma potentially being the sweetener for some type of impact deal that would involve Danny Green because he was the only guy on the team with, with a salary big enough to land that type of player. Once that's now off the table, Kuzma doesn't make enough money by himself to to get moved for an impact player. So unless like they manage to have some type of package with Kuzma, Quinn Cook, uh, an opted in JaVale McGee, Which apparently is enough to get you Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, I guess so. Like <laughs> I mean, I guess it wasn't off the <laughs> table, but like the, the Lakers wouldn't have really any options outside of just cobbling things together. Yeah. um and, and kuzma would really really have to appeal to some team, so my my read you know never say never, but my read on that deal was kuzma's gonna be around next season
2: well, you know what i you you would think a, a young guy like that like maybe maybe something like this does lock him in and you you have a d you have lebron you know maybe he sees himself in a, in a different class and he's gonna prove it i mean it, it's it's one of those things where you you don't know, but I don't know. I I feel there's like
0: there's a you know, there's a there's a performative thing I think with with Kuz because he's a weird guy to kind of to to look at because Andy's right like he he really does work hard he really does want to be good and he thinks of himself as a frontline NBA scorer I don't I I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is but I admire like last year Kuz came into camp and he's like. Setting the bar incredibly high for himself in terms of the standard and you know, making talking about all-star teams and this and that and whatever, like and he didn't come close to meeting meeting it. But yeah. I, I respect a guy who comes in and, and puts the pressure on himself to go and perform it on a on a larger level. That's essentially what Anthony Davis did. Um, you know, saying, I, I want this challenge of, of delivering a title to LA. Um, you know, but Kuz is—he is both a hard worker and too, too Hollywood. A little too aware of his of the marketing. A little too. And I don't mean that like go. I mean, dude, go make your money. Do sure. you mean, build a career. I'm not. It's not a criticism in that way. But in terms of kind of creating the actually accomplishing what I think it is that he wants to accomplish in terms of being taken seriously in terms of all this other stuff he sometimes will get in his own way and so I you know he, he is very much of that if you don't put it on the internet it doesn't happen generation and it probably doesn't serve him as well as as he would like yeah plus that shoe that he designed with Puma is kind of ugly.
2: <laughs> I didn't see this. Sh- I didn't see. It Looks this like shoe. a
0: wrestling. It really does look like a wrestling shoe. That's been the most common comparison I've seen. I'll look to see if I can find a picture of it, but it really does kind of look like a wrestling shoe.
2: As I'm looking, I'm looking. I got this. I just got this Peloton. Do you guys have a Peloton? Oh, I do not have a Peloton. What you with your Peloton? Listen, I I just got it two months ago. Like I I I got it kind of late in the pandemic, but I love it because it you know it's right in front of you. You are committed to it. Like once you get right next to it? I'm yeah, it's right behind me. I was gonna say if
0: you were like where you could hop on.
2: Yeah, I can't. I'm not be doing the rest well, of Ramona, the Ramona, Ramona Shelburne
0: Shurn. did did her did her show from an elliptical.
1: Did like she really? the entire hour? Yes. <laughs> she, I mean, she <laughs> she put in a major workout. It was incredibly impressive. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, it's been done. Nobody's
0: ever Peloton. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a a window that's like a wall that's just one giant window that you can look out of while you do your Peloton?
2: You know, you have to actually. It, mine faces a wall because you focus on the screen. You focus like it's like these on-demand classes so I mean you're, you're kind of focused on whoever the instructor is but I've never done the, the spinning or the cycling before but got it a couple of months ago dude I'm hooked because that's what everybody says about it like you, like it's apparently the
1: peloton is like it's like the crack of exercise routines like I mean it's like the most addictive thing you will ever get into trying to stay in shape I mean everybody I know who has a peloton just says it is insanely
2: addictive. And it's and it's a couple of different things. Like some people like like the competitive leaderboard aspect of it where you're like you're you know you're racing against even yourself, right? You want to beat your own personal record or you're in a you're in a class with like thousands of people. And then the other part of it is just like I think the availability like I'll work in the office, it's right behind me. You can instead of like driving to the gym, it's there. You know, so like you, you, the accessibility of it, too. Like, I don't I don't make this a Peloton infomercial, but like I'm, I'm feeling the peloton well, the- I mean, look,
1: Chris, you've got a profile. And if they hear about this, maybe something good comes out of it. I would try to make this a Peloton uh, infomercial, quite frankly, we could use the sponsorship, right? And if, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, were Peloton
0: do, willing to pay us. I'd absolutely make this a
1: Peloton. I'll do every show on a bike moving yeah. forward.
2: I, I'll yeah. get my I, ass on see, one of those bikes instantly. That's you guys are thinking smart though. I said that you monetize the late night happy hour presented by Peloton. I, I like that. little Yeah, I've watched they, they
0: the have stock the money. go up, they've got money. Um, I, all right, so explain to me the one of the I. The the game yesterday, the NFL day yesterday was was kind of bonkers, but the game yesterday in Miami was a very disappointing one for um for the Chargers. But the the the, the part of what I'm interested in with them is what this season has been, because this was supposed to be, you know, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. The the you know the reception in the city is relatively lukewarm for the Chargers. They haven't necessarily set the, the, the town on fire trying to establish something this season and now that there's no fans you know in this what would have been a big opening of the stadium in a lot of ways what has this season been for the chargers in terms of trying to gain a foothold in
2: la well i think just in general it's been a strange season for for the Mm -hmm. chargers um the the biggest thing and i go back to 2018 when this team was 12 and 4. last year you go 5 and 11. um i'm like you know they were winning all the close games two years ago when they were 12 and four. Um, it, they didn't do it last year, and it's kind of spilling over into this year. And listen, every NFL team can can make the injury excuse to some extent. But when you talk about, like, I remember being in a training camp in July and seeing Derwin James fly around. And and yeah. Derwin, Derwin James, his rookie year, made – An unbelievable, indelible impact in that locker room. I mean, 16 games started. The energy that he provides, not only to the defense, but just the culture of the team, the locker room in general. It was infectious, man. He gets hurt last year, um, misses, I think, 11 games. The year before that, Joey Bosa misses like nine games so uh, the 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 one thing I, I look at it, from an injury perspective is like we have not seen the two best players on the charges on the field together we have not seen Derwin James and Joey Bosa together um, but that's not the reason why I think they're two and seven I, I think there's you can't put your finger on some of the losses. Um First of all, we didn't expect Justin Herbert to be starting so early. He's been the the very pleasant surprise. Like if, it's been great. If you, to, if you were to pull all the GMs in the NFL and you're like, hey, you know, what's the most important thing you need uh, to be set up for success? Uh, most of them would probably say a 23 year old franchise quarterback. You know, I mean, th- this kid is as advertised. He he didn't play as well. He he looked human for the first time on on sunday um and he still had three total touchdowns uh so uh, just the the ability to close games man for for whatever reason and it's just it's been something different each week you know uh, they led i go back to week two wire to wire get the super bowl champs they did not trail in that entire game until the final gun in overtime uh, they were a hook and ladder away from beating the Carolina Panthers. It was just uh, just a, a mishap bobble between Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Um, uh, we talk about the Bucks, a 17-point lead against Tom Brady and the Bucks, a 17-point lead against Drew Brees and the Saints back-to-back weeks. You lose the lead and you lose the game. Uh the 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 broncos game 21 point lead middle of the third quarter uh the, the raiders game last play of the game
0: right so um, the, here's that's the thing about the thing is 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 mystifying it's like you know it's one thing to be a team that loses you know can't quite figure out a way to lose against you know to to close out games against good teams you know the 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 brady comes back and beats you that happens the saints come back and beat you it happens like you know it's easy to make those kinds of mistakes especially when you're not at full strength but they managed to figure out how to narrowly lose to everyone like <laughs> the
1: bad teams too yeah. like there's no reason for denver to come is back there, and beat them is there a commonality you're seeing right in, 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 like a like a linking thread in terms
2: of the these losses happening the same way see i don't see a commonality because they're happening the same way but they're not <laughs> you know, like the the okay, same outcome, same outcome, but it's happening differently. The same outcome, For, yes, exactly. So you know, I use the the Saints in the in the Bucks game as an example of having big leads in the first half, losing the lead, losing the game. Um, they had a, I think it was a fifty-yard field goal. They make that field goal against the Saints. It never goes to overtime, and they win. And they, they beat the saints you're having an entirely different conversation um the the 21 point lead against the broncos that it happened like that and again i don't i don't see the commonality guys i i don't know why they can't finish the games uh i and i i don't know what it is because Two years ago, I think they were 6-1 and in those games. So it's just – it's a combination of you throw your hands up and then just every year is different. I will say this, though, from an injury perspective, no Derwin James, um, no Chris Harris Jr. Uh, The right side of your offensive line that we were touting all offseason, Brian Bulaga, Trey Turner, uh, who's been a pro bowler uh, every year except for his rookie year, uh, they haven't played together. Um, The uh, Austin Eckler. He's been out, so it's hard to win without your guys. Um, They found a way to stay in these games; they just can't close them. I don't know what it is, Um, but you know it's unfortunate because the season starts to slip away. You know, three weeks ago we were having an entirely different conversation. Beat Denver. Beat the Raiders. You're right back in this thing. They lost both of those games, and, and then Sunday was kind of the first game where they were really just outplayed from the beginning. It wasn't one of those games that came down to the final, the final gun um, block punt first possession of the game. That kind of set the tone.
0: Yeah, I and mean, look, I mean, Miami made the Rams look bad too. I mean, that that defense routinely making decent quarterbacks look pretty ordinary. And like you know, I like Anthony Lynn. I think you know. I I, th- I don't think anything has been going on long enough to really decide. You know, it's I it's hard to look at all the stuff that you've described to me at least, and I don't watch them as closely as you do, obviously. But um, you know, and say like the head coach is like you know the, your season starts with your starting quarterback being stabbed through the lung by the medical staff. You're off to a tough start, and I I, I don't I don't I I I think it's it's a really hard thing. To separate the, the coaching from the you know the injuries from all these other things, I I just I, I it doesn't see it it doesn't seem like you can make any real evaluations until you have your whole team on the field.
2: Well, also keep in mind, you know, for as good as Justin Herbert has played, he was on the grass for the first time with his teammates at the end of July. Right. So there is no offseason program. Uh, He was thrown into that game. Imagine being tapped on the shoulder right before the coin toss saying, Justin, you're going to start your first NFL game right now with no heads up against the Super Bowl champions to open SoFi Stadium for the Chargers. That's a lot. Eight play, 79 yard drive, first touchdown made it look like he had it scripted ready to go. You know, so like he's been fantastic. I, I almost liken it, and, and I hope this. I mean, this would bode, bode well for the Chargers, obviously. But I go back to the first year Aaron Rodgers started, right? Two thousand eight, six and ten. Rodgers was fantastic, though, and you knew what you had, right? Uh, he's had one losing season since two thousand eight. You know, so <laughs> I, I look at that, and if, if there's a silver lining for Chargers fans, you have your franchise quarterback. You're playing in a the the best. Have you guys been to the stadium? No, nope, no, not yet. Places you have to go. I think several, several times to see everything it has to offer. And obviously, we haven't seen it with seventy thousand fans in it, but it's it's the most ridiculous place I've ever seen in terms of a stadium. So That's you have a new stadium, you have a franchise quarterback, you have you have the best uniforms in sports, man. I, I really do think like the 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 throwback Dolphins. Uties with the uh, the sunshine gold pants and the powder blue yesterday. That was a great. Was, uniform, it was a too. great
0: look. Oh my god, that was a great look Oh, audience. such
2: a good look. But I just
0: I, I don't understand how like a team can. This is another thing because I firmly believe that when you dress well, you play well. You Feel good, yeah. And the Chargers are the best dressed team and feel like every even the I mean like the navy combination, which is a little bit you know it's a it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more of a of a kind of a, a riskier look. They get all the details. Right. You know, they changed. They changed. The, the, the,
2: they pulled it off. The, <laughs> really? You
0: know, shut up, Andy. But the, <laughs> you know, but like they, they even like the details of changing the, the lightning bolt on really the their courage
1: way. during these games.
2: Yeah. The, yes. The, the bolt Dis- the bolt is a little bit different this year. The bolt isn't as, uh, it's, it's a little straighter, uh, than, than it was in, in years past. And the, uh, the the uniform combos are i mean they, they you don't go it's wrong. Right? you have the all whites you got the uh, the whites and the yellow pants the 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 combo we saw yesterday yesterday in Miami um yeah the uniforms are, are phenomenal. not the
0: problem definitely not the
2: problem. <laughs> <laughs> uniforms are not a problem how but, significant is it that
0: that they have a guy that you think that they believe can be a a a star a marketable and it's the quarterback and you can market you know, a star quarterback in this city. How how significant is that, do you think?
2: It's, it's gigantic. I mean, if, if you look at the division and you see Patrick Mahomes in the division for the next decade plus, you better have somebody to combat him, right? You know, Derek Hart's having a good year. I, I think the Broncos, they got to look at their situation with Drew Locke and, and wonder if, if he's the guy uh, moving forward. But I, I think, you know, stars in this league, especially stars right now, Justin's a rookie, uh, you have this window. We've seen this window with guys like Russell Wilson where, you know, you have these guys on rookie deal, you build around that guy, you build yourself up to getting to a Super Bowl. Like you have a window right now where you could take care of guys like Joey Bosa, who they took care of, Keenan Allen, who they took care of, Austin Eckler, um, a couple other guys, and and build around Justin and, and then also have a defense to complement what he does offensively. And right now they're just simply down – Derwin James, Andrew Tranquil, who I think was going to have 110 tackles this year, and uh, and Joey Bosa the last couple of games. So, you know, you again, I I I hate to talk about injuries because you look at San Francisco and other teams around the league that are just decimated by injuries. but, yeah, but they're also losing. It's not like it, you, the, it makes the, a difference. The, <laughs> right. It makes a difference. I mean, you see Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on one side. The Chargers need their 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 uh Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Durwin and Joey Bosa.
1: Well, it also, too, I mean, for for the Chargers looking to get a foothold in this city, and you know, there, there's a lot of competition, you know, football-wise, in terms of the you know, 20-something years that LA went without the NFL at all. And USC really became the, you know, the professional football team, you know, uh, on a lot of levels, we'll just say. <laughs> um, and you know, really they're the number one football story in this town. The, the Raiders are still a big deal here. And that makes it difficult for the chargers because you're talking about a, a division rivalry, yes. you know, in this city where a lot of people in LA root for the team, Root for the team that is a rival of now right. their they're local more team. More than they root for the Rams, but at least right. they're not in the division. You know? But but what I was going to say, though, that, that the Chargers have an opportunity right now is Justin Herbert, not just, not just looking like he could be a franchise quarterback, he looks like he could potentially be better than the other supposed franchise quarterback in L.A. with Jared Goff. Like, Herbert right now, if nothing else, his trajectory looks higher than Goff's could be. You know he, or it looks like there at least could be that potential. That's a really big deal. If you, I think for the a, charge when it comes to pick, marketability. If you could pick one guy right now, which which guy would
0: you pick?
2: Between Herbert and Golf? Uh huh. Oh, I mean, listen, I, I, Herbert is. I would take Herbert. Herbert. I would take Herbert. Just the
1: the mobility, the the mobility that Herbert has that Golf doesn't have. You like know, you know It's such is a big deal.
2: Herbert, okay, so so he has three rushing touchdowns this year, the most by Chargers running back since 1992, okay? But it's not just him getting the ball to Keenan Allen. It's not just him getting the ball to Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. He has, I think, 13 different players on the Chargers have a receiving or a rushing touchdown. He's elevating the play of the guys around him. Have you ever heard of Donald Parham Jr. or Jalen Guyton or Tyron Johnson or Gabe Neighbors? These guys that you had never heard of. Justin is elevating the play of those guys. He's getting the ball to guys. He's not looking at it locking in on Keenan or just locking in on Mike. He's going through his progressions. He's making the right reads, making the right decisions with the football, and you're seeing that on on a weekly basis, which is a really encouraging sign for the Chargers
1: how has he been doing because this is something that always fascinates me when it comes to young athletes in any sport once they start breaking out you like teams around the league will start getting more tape on a guy and yeah. they'll start being able to adjust more and typically it is harder for young players to adjust to the adjustments than i think it is for you know experienced coaches experienced you know players opponents all that stuff to make those adjustments how has he been doing? Do you think during this period where opponents are starting to get a better idea of who he is?
2: I think he's done well. I mean, again, it's it's eight starts now, so it's it's probably a, a small sample size in terms of okay, yeah, people are going to obviously look at game tape and try to make uh, requisite adjustments, but uh, the way that he has played, you know, and I mentioned his ability to run the football with his legs. Um, you know, you didn't have that with Philip Rivers. Uh the ability to get you the ball. No, not really. <laughs> no, you didn't you didn't have that with Philip. You know. <laughs> I mean,
1: <in laughs> fairness, the guy ought to be tired. He's got like 15 kids. I mean, yes. like he should be exi- the fact that the fact that Philip Rivers can even be coherent enough to play NFL quarterback, like good or bad, just coherent <laughs> is like a minor really miracle. Amazing. Like yeah. I I don't know how that guy does it.
2: It's 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 amazing. And in in Philip, obviously, man, he just moved into fifth all time in, in passing yards. So I, I think Justin's got a ways to go to, to get in, to get into Phillip Rivers' territory. He's, he's going to pass uh,
1: Philip Rivers though for rushing yards, like career rushing yards this season.
2: He may he may do that for sure. Uh, but but Justin, I, I think uh, adjusts well. One of the things that really struck me with him when the Chargers drafted him, uh, they talked about how he came to visit the chargers. And I think he met with the offensive coaching staff and he got like one little thing wrong on like the tests they gave him. And he like beat himself up over it. His, his brother is, is, has, I forget what his degree is. It's something very high level, right? He's, he's, he's one of the smartest kids you'll ever be around. And he picks things up quickly and he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Um, I, I think the Dolphins and Daniel Jeremiah did a great job breaking this down today on NFL Network. They they brought a lot of pressure uh, against Justin, and they disguised a lot of things. So he's going to have to go back to the tape and look at that. But he's he's been great under pressure the entire year. He's been he's been throwing deep balls to Guyton and to Mike Williams, and um, always making the right play. So that's why I say. You know, you guys are 100% right. It's all about winning in this city. You have to win, but you also have to, have, you better have your franchise quarterback to, to get there. The, the Chargers have that. It's about continuing to build the roster. Staying healthy, there's always a combination of skill and luck in the NFL. You, you got to hit it right. You, you got to have your guys ready at the right times, especially trying to make that playoff run. Uh, but you better have your franchise quarterback, um, and I think the Chargers have that guy, and that's an encouraging thing.
0: Um, anybody want to take a stab on what the what America thinks of? You could choose between <laughs> Goff and Justin Herbert. <laughs> I just put up a yeah. poll. What oh, the, how'd that what go? the uh, ratio is? How'd that first go? of all, who do you think who do you think they chose? First of all.
2: I think they went with the guy, powder blue. Uh,
0: you are correct. What do you think yep. the uh, percentage is?
2: I'm just guessing. Hey, this is just a guess. Uh, 80-20. Right on the nose. No Perfect. way. Am I ser- are you serious? serious? No, it is, it is 80-20. currently 80-20.
0: <laughs>
2: there you and go. And oh, the, I mean, right. I think uh,
0: it's actually in climbing.
2: Um, hey, and, one, of the, one of the things I've noticed is that. This kid, So so the, the, the NFL has like a Pepsi Zero Sugar Rookie of the Week. He's won it like six times, okay? Like he's he's always in the conversation, and Chargers fans are very, very excited for Justin Herbert. In a, in a draft class, too, where uh, I think this was lost on a lot of people when Joe Burrow, who I think is going to be really, really good, and Tua, who I think is going to be fantastic, they got drafted ahead of Justin Herbert. One thing that – Tua head and Burrow had that Herbert didn't necessarily have at Oregon were the weapons. You know, we talking about Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs from Tua. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Justin Jefferson, who had another great game today on Monday Night Football. Herbert didn't have those weapons. So when you put him in an offense with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, naturally – He's going to thrive. Um, but I, I keep going back to the guys that no one really knew about. Um, he's, he's making those guys better, too. So uh, I, I think during this draft evaluation process, we get caught up in, all right, Burrow's the guy, no question. Two is the guy, no question. And you forget about the guy who maybe didn't have the weapons that the other guys I, had in college. Brian,
1: am, am I remembering correctly? Isn't that what Ted Wynn said to us? about Herbert
0: as well. Yeah, that that Herbert just he, I mean he but he just I mean some of its weapons and some of it just didn't whatever he was doing at Oregon just didn't look as good. Um as but, you know it it's, it's it's a stupid way to evaluate athletes and stuff but with your quarterback particularly in in the league now there's a certain pop like a certain ability like to you know you can move around the pocket a little bit. You can extend a play. Mike, you know, Mike Ross points out in the uh in in the um, in the chat, uh, you know, Mike Floss, one who's Mike Ross, um, he, you know, he points out, shout like, out to Delicious Pizza. That's right, uh, Herbert's dynamic. He's got electric arms, He makes 10 right, plays. Man. Hmm.
2: As Mike Floss is right. The, the, the ability to extend the play. Yes, I mean that is such an underrated thing, man. If, if a play breaks down and you have a guy that can pick up ten yards with his legs, or find a guy just streaking down the, the sidelines, and a guy like Jalen Guyton, I mean that's what Justin Herbert stuff. But it's even
0: it's even more than that. It's it's the it's the it's the stuff of you know Tom Brady's never been an elusive player, but he's really slick inside the pocket. He steps up, he moves. You know, he's a little, he's, you know, especially when you go back, you know, to now he falls down when you get near him because he's 142 years old and you don't want to get hurt. But, you know, the, like the little stuff, my my problem with Goff has always been that he isn't a player who looks, who can do stuff in a dirty pocket very effectively, um, under pressure very effectively, in a clean pocket with time to throw and whatever. He's good, but yeah. most quarterbacks are. And so I, There's that electricity that's missing from golf that I think is significant, not just because I think, you know, it impacts the quality of play, but like, you know, the fourth quarter, you got, you know, one drive, you got this, like, you know, certain players inspire a certain kind of confidence. And I don't... I don't know if Goff is that guy yet. They bring you from behind I me. Mean, look, he did it, almost did it against Buffalo early in the year. He's obviously, like, he's good he doesn't suck. But yeah. there's something that, you know, that he doesn't seem to have, like a little pop or whatever it is, that that
2: a lot of these other young quarterbacks do. I think Go- Goff, and McBadden, I mean, the fact that those guys have been together now for a while, I, I think they have a good understanding of, of what they're getting in each other. Um, the, the thing I'm encouraged with uh, regarding Justin is even during these these losses, um, they were at the, their own one-yard line against Carolina. Darnier almost won the game. He like he drove them all the way down the field. Um, the, the Chiefs game, he threw a costly interception in the second half, but this that was his first ever start. He played well enough for the Chargers to win that game. And the, the game against the Raiders drove them down, couldn't have put the ball in a better position for Parm to come down with it. And obviously, you know, the replay showed otherwise. Um, but he's he shown the moxie to close a game. They just haven't been able to do it. I needed and that.
0: I needed that. really needed that catch, by the way. Yeah. Did, really you, did, needed, did, you have, needed did you have Herbert
2: or did you have Donald Parm Jr.?
0: I had Herbert. I really <laughs> needed that. I don't go that. Our league isn't that deep. <laughs> you got, a, you got like a three tight end league. Yeah. I needed that catch.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. I, I can't say enough good things about the kid, and, and I love his attitude. Every every uh, post game presser, he steps up there. He says the right things, man, and he 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 wants to get better. Um, I think having an off season where you're actually on the field is going to be just huge for this kid. Um, and again, I, I go back to just everything has been Zoom. For, for these guys during the off season. So they didn't really have an opportunity to get to know their teammates, build that chemistry that you're usually, you know, you usually want your rookie quarterback to have going into a, a season. How
0: concerned are the, is the organization about getting in with LA and making that work?
2: You know, I, I don't, I don't know if there's much, again, I think it just comes down to winning, you know, and, and, you know, when, when I was at the Lakers, I remember my boss saying the the business follows the basketball, right? If you're winning on the court, everything will follow. So I, I honestly, I, I truly believe if the Chargers can stack wins starting in 2021 and beyond, that stuff takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about the product on the field. And, and I think. That is the biggest thing. I mean, the, do they feel?
0: I, I, I guess like we all, we always talk about like the Clippers versus the Lakers. Like, who was who like, you know, and you know, like the Clippers have been a tremendously profitable and popular organization in NLA for a long time. Like, you know, profitable for the bad reasons when Donald Sterling just didn't spend any money on them and profitable when they've been good. They're just not the Lakers. And, you know, I think there's a little more wiggle room in football for a team to emerge over time as both of these teams come back. But like is do they see themselves as competition in competition with the Rams or just trying to stake out a loyal following in Los Angeles that makes them, you know, part of the city's fabric and whatever? You know where the Rams
1: really aren't part of the equation. The cl- the Clippers, I mean, put it another way: the Clippers are not actively trying to make this a, a Clipper town. Like they yes. they recognize That's a good way they, of putting it. They recognize as much as you know they did the street lights over spotlights and you know some other. Really, I think really stupid, slogans. I believe very, very regretful. Yeah, I, I, I think the
2: Lakers-Clippers thing is just a completely different conversation because right. you have one team that's won seventeen championships, right? Like, right? But I think they they recognize. I, I think
1: they actually recognize, even though this year's marketing campaign might lead you to believe otherwise, they're never going to overtake the Lakers, and they and it's really about just carving out their own foothold. But I think like what Brian was saying. There is at least in theory, I think, more of a runway for the Chargers if there is that type of rivalry with the Rams, just because the Rams have more of an institutional background in LA. But, you know, it's been a few decades before, you know, they really
2: were a big thing in this city. I think the beauty of this city is it's a Lakers and it's a Dodgers town, right? And and I do Mm -hmm. think there's a piece of pie for all these other teams. And, you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows. You know, you see the the LA Kings, they win a couple Stanley Cups and people are pumped about it. Um, it, But there's another layer with the NFL. And I think there is something to be said about playing in that stadium and and winning games and having a franchise quarterback because a franchise quarterback is – is truly a face, right? If if you have a guy that that can have sustained success in this city, I I don't think we've truly seen what it could be yet. Obviously, the Rams went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, I felt like the unofficial launch of football in Los Angeles was this year in the stadium, and unfortunately, it was yeah. a uh, <laughs> you know you, you don't have the fans in the stands, right? right. So. I do think 2021 is really going to be that that year that we've been waiting for for a long time, where fans are in the stands, people can see what SoFi Stadium has to offer, and you know, in the in the Chargers' case, it's like okay, now you got a, a guy Justin Herbert that people are excited to see, right? And and you have a, a beautiful place for them to watch the games. Then it's about winning, and, and that's w- what I think takes care of itself in terms of that that piece of your pie, right? You find your loyal following in Los Angeles. Um, I, I think the, the Chargers have a, have a pretty cool – it's it's actually cool to, like, do these podcasts and have people from Germany and, you know, even the East Coast of the United States and uh, Europe. Like th- There's Chargers fans uh, around the world. Um, it, the NFL is just, I think, a kind of a different animal, right? It's yeah. it, it's something that we're still kind of – It's kind always of, a big deal. It's always going to be a dominant a big story. Deal. And we're still trying to figure out how it's going to look in Los Angeles. And, and uh, unfortunately, with this pandemic, uh, a big part of that is is not being able to, to see the fans in the stands right now. That's why I'm really excited to see everybody there in 2021, including you guys, man, because it's it's just it's an event. I I've I always told people when I worked in sales at the Lakers, like going to Staples Center on Friday night, that is not a game. That is an event that you go there, yeah. an event. And that's what SoFi Stadium is.
0: Yeah, I will say the uh, the the town uh, America is is firmly behind Justin Herbert here. Uh, they're <laughs> voting and enthusiastically, um, and it's not even close. Now it's it's almost eighty three percent for Justin Herbert, which is both a, 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 I think it's both Andy. It's an indictment on what it's really an indicative of what people think about golf and the the lack of of confidence that fans have in him and the excitement around Herbert it's both guys
2: where's this poll where am i am i looking at this poll it's on our, a, twitter? our our Twitter feed at cam
0: brothers you can follow us on twitter at Cam Brothers.
2: i'm following you guys oh here we go
0: i know it was a joke i know you do
2: there we go okay yeah First we got uh, we got 83% right now yeah so, yeah i mean I, I think i think people they didn't really know what to expect with Justin coming in because he was the third quarterback taken and you know you know, you think of Tua, Electric, Heisman for Burrow, and I don't think a lot of people expected Justin to be on the field uh, t- this early. And, and uh, for what he's been able to do in such a limited amount of time, uh, I think people are excited to see just the hands that the league is in for the next ten years. With you know, we're gonna we're gonna see Tua and Herbert off and on for a long time. Uh, we're gonna see Herbert and Burrow. We're gonna see Herbert and Mahomes. Uh, for for a long time. Those are the types of matchups that I think you, know, you, you start traditions, right? Uh, Herbert versus Mahomes at SoFi Stadium on an annual basis is going to be really fun Absolutely. for the next 10 years. You know, like we're yeah. we're going to have that to look forward to. We're going to have uh you know, the Raiders and Chargers kind of renewing their rivalry um and having kind of the the characters that you're used to seeing in a rivalry um kind of come to life now.
0: Yeah. I will just have the ability to, to, you have a quarterback who can elevate people around him. And right now, certainly it seems like Herbert's doing that and, and, and capable of doing that. And that, I think is the th- sort of the thing that, that is missing, from Goff Andy have you seen has has like Harden been
1: traded yet Westbrook like have not have not have we seen been,
0: like while we've been talking about football
1: what's been No going it on? it appears it appears that everybody's still just sort of in shock over everything the Bucks did and the, the big question and uh Mark Stein with the New York Times had tweeted out you know an hour or so ago which feels like <laughs> like 3 days ago given the way everything's just flying around that there's been some bustling that Giannis actually does intend to sign his Supermax, and I'm reading a tweet from him. The last two weeks have been filled with chatter that he indeed plans to sign his Super, five-year Supermax before the D- December 21st deadline to do so. The Bucks just made a tr- trade that suggests they must believe it. I have to say, if they've done all of this, without I don't want to say assurances because you know I mean even if you can tell a team that you plan to sign it and you know it's not a blood oath you know you're you're not doing this in a court of law you can do whatever the hell you want afterwards yeah but this would be exceptionally aggressive even for a player of Giannis's caliber oh. to give up basically you know to give up all their assets other than their highest end players and I and I recognize that might sound silly on the surface you know they kept Middleton they kept Brook Lopez, but they gave up pretty much all of their capital. And Drew Holiday is, a, I think, a really great player. I think he's a really underrated player, but he also could be a potential rental. And, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a high-end complimentary player, but you don't build around him. He's not He's not close to that good. If, if they did all of this without having at least a reasonably good idea of the direction with Giannis... Frankly, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, it just even yeah, that even acknowledging soon. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, even acknowledging he's a two time MVP. Like that's pretty nuts.
2: Oh my god, I don't know. It's, I, it, what's what's the what's the deal with um with so the Supermax for Giannis would be. He he, uh, he could, could sign, sign it like tomorrow, the national
0: right? debt, right? He could, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. As soon as they
1: said like it's it, I. What I love, it's up to the point where the season begins. Like he right. can't sign it once the season is underway. And since the season begins this year, December twenty second, he's got up to December twenty first. as is my understanding.
0: This is what I think is, is is like how you know these guys reside in a completely different y- universe than than the rest of us, Chris, because. I remember, like a couple years ago, when when the the contract was out there for Westbrook, you know, and he hadn't signed it yet, and you know, this is the one that you know now is making it hard for Houston to trade him, where you know, forty million dollars a year is and like he was like, ah, I I'm still thinking about it. I might get to it. I'll, I'll get to it after I go to the grocery. I mean, if somebody put a like three hundred million dollar contract. In front of me, or it's like my agent calls me and says, this is an option. I, I, if, if I'm walking down the street, I stop, <laughs> I sit down, like I stop moving because I get hit by a bus. Something terrible could happen to me. And I don't move until somebody brings me that contract to sign. And like Giannis has how many hundreds of millions of dollars, Andy? It's it's many, multiple yeah. hundreds. He's. I mean, he's already gotten paid. I mean, yes, not but maybe it's like, not to this level. But he's, but he's like, gotten he's, money. He's like, I'll, I'll get to it. You know. I mean, yeah, I, I got to binge watch it, yeah. The
2: Crown first. I mean, I don't understand that either. Like, I if if someone told me that there was hundreds of millions of dollars on the table, all I have to do is take out this pen and sign, and I don't, yep. I, I I would feel a little uncomfortable. I think at that point. I, I I'm not even
0: sure like what team it like I don't care what crappy team it is. Yeah, like four hundred million dollars. So, well, yeah, fine. You're well, crappy I mean, this, this is
1: actually how you know that James Harden has made an insane amount of money, and in some ways, Houston paid him too much for their own good. You know, there there's reports earlier today that that Harden not only wants out of Houston, but he specifically wants to go to Brooklyn to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which I think would be an absolute disaster. I don't think that can work. Mm -hmm. But that aside, Woj reported later on today that they had put a two-year, $100 million extension on top of, uh, an offer on top of Harden's current contract, which would have made him the first player to ever make $50 million annually, and Harden declined it. But part of the problem is he's already getting 40 something million per season from Houston. Like he's already made, like in banked and future guaranteed money, like a quarter of a billion dollars. And even if say he can't make 50 million annually with some other team because of the way the rules work and a blah blah blah. He's, he's still going to make right. so much money the money actually becomes too easy to walk away from. Like in a lot of ways, the money becomes trapping for these teams or or limiting for these teams because these guys are going to make so much flipping money no matter what. Like Houston essentially tried to bribe Harden into staying, and he's like, what do I
2: need this bribe for? You, You guys already made me insanely rich. I know when I think of the NFL contracts and we see you know so-and-so signed the five-year 100 million dollar contract they're not getting 100 million dollars they're getting the signing bonus money and then a a team may be able to cut you after year two or year three depending on how it's structured so you know we're, we're talking about like when you see an NBA contract that's all going into that player's bank account versus like a, an NFL contract where you better look at, go to over the cap and, and see what it really is.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's the, 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 whole thing is, is just insane. Um, so I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing a ton of NBA over the course of the week. We've got um, uh, Justin Verrier coming on from the ringer coming on tomorrow. We'll do our draft night show, which will double actually as a Lando Lakers live podcast. And then Friday we're gonna have Mo Dalziel on for the what is the official Andy uh, start of free agency? Even though <laughs> is say. apparently like everybody's already decided where they're going, but free agency starts on Friday. Uh, before we let you go, I we, we I wanted to ask because the play of the weekend was very clearly the Hail Mary with um with Kyler Murray and DeAndre oh, yeah. Hopkins, which had to just be gutting for Houston Texans fans. That play, like normally you see, like the, the guy runs around a little bit, kind of wiggle around the pocket, when you throw deep, and the guy, you know, bounces off someone. This was one of the most remarkable Hail Marys I've ever seen. Murray, Murray might be the only quarterback, maybe other than Mahomes, who could have even made the play. Cause they had him, he's, he's you know, they had him running be, like offhand, cause he's left handed, correct? Murray. Um, is he? No, no he's right handed. He's right handed. They had him running left. Um. Yep. So away from his, strength it wasn't to be able to that into spectacular. A play. I know. You're right. You know. what? <laughs> Stop talking about it. Was pretty shitty. <laughs> he's falling backwards out of bounds. Basically, flicks the ball like 50 yards in the air. Hopkins is g- covered by four dudes, all of whom are doing their jobs, and manages. He's got the strongest hands in the NFL, where they have to specially make gloves for him. Comes That's down right. with his this, like. I, for all the talk of, of Mahomes,
1: Murray's been better this year. He's so much fun to watch. Murray, He's really, so
2: much I think, fun. I think Murray's your MVP if you were voting today. If you had, to, if you had to submit your your ballot today, I, I think Kyler Murray may be the MVP of the league. And and two weeks ago, it was probably Russell Wilson. He's turned the ball over quite a few times the last few weeks. Um, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes. I think sometimes you take him for granted. Aaron right. Rodgers speaking of another guy who's You're right Hill Mary ball Aaron Rodgers he's yeah. having a he's having a, a a kind of a revenge season after a, a down year last year but uh, the way that the Cardinals have played and their're first in the NFC West uh to get a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins though I mean like the throw was amazing but to out-jump three Buffalo Bills defensive backs bring it down, like it was nothing. I like and he had, he was on the sidelines saying, I knew I was gonna make that catch. I knew I was gonna make that catch. And and I kind of believe him. You know, oh, like, I totally this, believe him. This after, is actually after, a really after the fact you uh, yeah, okay. But no, I believe him.
1: This is actually a really interesting observation from Jay Leggett. Those football guys that played baseball have amazing arm strength for throws like that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it, but he's right. I mean, yeah. look at Kyle Kyler Murray. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Wilson. like these guys, all have baseball backgrounds, and they they all have these cannon arms. I also think too with with Kyler Murray, like the secret sauce with him that doesn't get talked about enough. The dude's legs are tree trunks. He's got some of the strongest looking legs I've seen, especially for a guy that size. But I think it helps him with these throws. I think it helps him, you know, not just with being a good runner. But being harder to take down than you might expect for a guy his size. I mean, he's got this incredible base.
2: Well, you know, any other probably if we went back even five years ago, you would never ever put money on a six foot uh, quarterback being the number one. Six foot, and we're probably lying. Yeah, right. And it looks like a small child playing with with these people. Baker Mayfield did it before Kyler, but Baker Mayfield is I I think I think the Browns are realizing what they have in Baker, and it's the formula there is defense run the football with Hunt and Chump. With with Kyler Murray, dude, this guy is electric. He is electric.
1: You know what's what's crazy with with that is Cleveland could have taken Saquon Barkley the year that they took Baker Mayfield and then the following year taken their undersized
2: quarterback number one overall.
1: Yeah, Because Kyler Murray went the year after
2: Baker Mayfield. It's amazing. But like you also think I'd have to look back at the other players in that draft. But they had – who did they get that year? I think they got Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield. Two kind of undersized guys at their respective positions. But they got Nick Chubb. I think uh, yeah, I that think later that draft year, or, yeah. or the next, the following year. Uh, and then they got Kareem hunt on, on the cheap. So you have this two headed attack. Now just think of the other players you could have gotten in maybe in protecting a guy like Kyler Murray and just think of the, the Cardinals. I mean, we talked about Josh Rosen, who was in our backyard. He was the <laughs> starter. It took a lot of guts to say, we're going to cut bait with the guy that we drafted to be our franchise quarterback after one year, and yeah. we're going to bring in another guy, and we're just going to start over. Okay. You can do that in this in this like new NFL salary cap. Um, other years, you couldn't do that.
1: Let me ask you a question, Chris, because this is something like my wife is actually sick of hearing me talk about this. She's like, just go my do it life. And, and stop like making this into a thing. We grew up in St. Louis, and you know, I, I am old enough that I was actually there for the then St. Louis Cardinals, who became the Arizona Cardinals. And I was a diehard fan of them, even though, I mean, it really required being diehard because it was a very unpleasant experience. They were one of the worst run franchises like in any sport on this planet. And when they moved, you know, my 13 year old self was angry and heartbroken and vengeful and vowed that I would never be a fan of them again. And for a while, it was very easy to not be a fan of them. It actually, in a lot of ways, was more pleasant not to be a fan. The last couple of years, I've been wanting to go back. Is it okay go to back. go? Like, does it make me a front runner no. to go back? No. no.
2: Go, go, back. Back. go back. Go I back. Remember, I remember when I was a kid, I uh I we had uh Washington football team season tickets. I, I grew up diehard, right? And the St. Louis Cardinals were in the NFC East. Yes, with and Dallas I remember being and the a Giants. kid in elementary school. The Dallas Giants, the old NFC East, um, and I remember going to the St. Louis Cardinals uh, games. You know, at, at least once a year. But I, I think you're allowed to go back, man. I, you have a you have a history with the team. They yes. may have moved. But and Brian will attest I was a
1: massive
0: yeah, fan. Yeah, you know, we, we we used to go to games, we get the hot chocolate, you sit up at the top of Bush Stadium. It was cold, it was fun. We had a good time. The team was awful. Back. Yeah, no, first of, of all, look. Fun team, good players, fun coach, good logo. I mean, the, I mean the, the logo was never the problem with that team. That was an you know, an angry-looking cardinal. You know, that thing really looks good on the helmet. <laughs> like there's it, there's nothing go back. It's
2: fine.
1: Yeah, I think I want to go back.
2: Go back, I think no, I do. But before you do, though, before you guys go back, I don't know. Are you, Brian? You going back to? I
0: never. I mean, I, I just. I, I. I never really left as much as Andy did. Oh, huh? you know what? Well, I was more angry. I was. Re- I was
2: really mad. Andy
0: is. Andy's an is a much more emotional person than
2: I am. <laughs> I, say, I say. I and say Andy. I say Andy. If you go back, that's fine. But maybe give. Oh my lord. Are you about team? to <laughs> I'm just saying are you about to do the marketing? I'm just,
1: I'm just saying are that, you
2: about to pitch me? Are you are you about to become I'm a not, pitch man? I'm not I'm not pitching you on either team. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, come come to Sofi Stadium, pick team maybe here. And, and and see I,
0: you know, I, know, I, I, I choose place. a lot of it based on uniform. And the Cardinals have good uniforms. The Chargers have always had good. My 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 middle my middle child is a Chargers fan. Partially because he thinks Chargers is a cooler name than Rams, partially because we just got him a Chargers shirt first, and also because he's like, I like their uniforms better, and I'm like that is in the Rams. I gotta be honest, like the Rams, like there is so much made out of the Rams new uniforms, and like whether I think they look good on, as particularly on TV, I think that I, every combination I've seen so far, I actually think looks good. Um, I've all, but I also thought their uniforms were wildly overrated, like the even the classic. LA blue and gold. Like they're good they, with the Rams. Like there's nothing wrong with them, but they're not like that the, good. The, the Chargers what, basically you know? took
2: their old school uniform and just kind of put a few bells and whistles on it and, and kind of enhance it a little bit. Um the Chargers
0: I, I, have always had better uniforms than the, yeah, the, than the Rams. They're sharp.
2: But Ed, if you want to go now, I think, I think you got to pick now. I think you got to go. If you're going to go, go right. It's, it's, I'm going.
1: I've Made this decision. Damn it! I am doing it because yeah. I've been. I Brian and I years ago actually for ESPN the magazine. You show, up, you show up tomorrow night in a Cardinals hat. We we did we did. A, I'm gonna I'm gonna order one. We did, we did um, a magazine pitch that was actually really fun because we were NFL orphans and we went to all these different teams around the league to their training camps and had the teams pitch us to adopt them as fans, like do it, like cool. basically we, you know, they would try to pitch us to, to choose them in this magazine. And at the time, like I had adopted the Vikings as sort of my, my uh, team from afar, but I had no real connection to them. And I, I think mostly I, I chose them because Prince was from Minnesota. I'm a massive Prince fan. Good reason. And When okay. I went to the, I went to the Cardinals in the beginning With the intention of, I'm never going to choose them. I'm just going to write about never choosing them because I was still mad at them. And then once I was at training camp, I found myself getting all nostalgic. And I tried to get then-coach Terry Wisenhunt and a couple other players. And then even somebody from the PR department. I'm like, can you get Bill Bidwell to just apologize to me? Can you get him to apologize for moving the team? And if he'll apologize, I'll choose them. And nobody could get the apology. So I ended up choosing the Niners. And that didn't work. I had, I had no connection to the Niners. And really, they're the team that I had the connection to. So yeah, I, just, I'm doing it. I'm doing Just go do it. I'm doing this. That it's really – to
0: I'll be honest it. with you, Andy, nobody gives a shit what NFL team you root for. But I care. I care. I don't right, care what so do whatever people. makes you happy. I'm going to do this. I'm in.
2: I would do it. I would do it now. And stick with them. You know, you I got, will. You got you got Kyler, Murray, you got a young quarterback, you got the most exciting wide receiver of football, you got a, a fun young defense, and uh, they come out to LA every single year. There you go. I'm doing it. I'm doing this. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for the help. I appreciate it. Brian, Brian, <laughs> since you, since you have a child who's a Chargers fans, I'm going to, I will get you to SoFi stadium and some powder. That's right. Yeah. You, 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 you hooked me.
0: I'm, I, 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 both me and particularly that boy can be, can be bought. <laughs> <laughs> um, the boy, especially, he absolutely 100% can be purchased. He is available. Um, Andy will attest to that. Like that is very much his personality. You can buy him. So, um, yeah, no, we're good. I, I, I am, I, I just like watching. I like a lot of teams. I like teams. I like players. I I feel like I, I can, I want the Rams to be good. I want the chargers to be good. I like, you know, it's just, it's good for the city. It's fun. It's fun to watch. And the
2: coolest thing, uh, of SoFi Stadium for me is getting there early and seeing all the games on this gigantic video board. It's like the world's largest sports bar. It's like it's one of the coolest things. Like get like that's gonna be fun. For that's fans. what
0: Jordan Rodriguez always says. Like she's like the the pregame entertainment for the late afternoon game when like they put red zone on the Oculus is just the greatest thing I've ever seen.
2: It's it's, uh, I mean, you get there if you, if fans get there early, they can watch all of the games on that big screen. Like, I mean, in all of them look like they're gigantic. I mean, it's, it's a really kind of surreal deal. it's like, when you step in, it's like, you're kind of stepping into a Madden game.
1: Very excited. I'm making this announcement on Twitter. I'm sure yeah, the the world
0: really this cares. Get ready, uh, get ready. <laughs> been waiting.
1: Actually, this is, they've been
0: waiting. Like who, Andy? It, it's, it's been it's been a hashtag for a while get, now. Get ready for our first ten thousand retweeted tweet. I'm uh, all right, so, so let's, let's let's update the poll real quick before we go here. Um, as many people in the comment section suggested, this poll was not going to go well for, for uh, Jared Goff. Uh, f- over 500 people participating in democracy. Um, I fully trust the counting mechanisms for the polls on Twitter. I, this is a, a real honest poll. 83.6% of, uh, of America would take Justin Herbert over Jared wow. Goff.
2: There That's go. pretty high.
0: Um. Anyway, all right, uh, Chris Harry, you are a really appreciate you staying a little later here. Uh, CBS LA covers the Chargers and all kinds of other stuff, and most importantly, gets to hang out with Jim Hill. Um, thanks for hey, coming on, cool. man. This is fun. We appreciate
1: it. We'll do it again sometime.
2: A lot of fun, guys. Appreciate it, man. We'll see you down the line. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, tomorrow uh, we've got. go Justin ahead, go.
1: Tomorrow, Justin Barry from the Ringer. We're going to get neck deep into all this NBA stuff and. Might even be more stuff happening. Uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Donkey Needle